Well, good morning, guys. Uh, we are definitely in the home stretch here in the book of Galatians. Um, we will read a, a large chunk of what's remaining today and then just finish tomorrow with uh, just the last two verses. So um, let me read these verses and then we'll see where we go. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. That's verses 11 through 16. Yeah, uh, you know, I've said all along, this is not a Bible study. This is a devotional, and I'm not going line by line. And, and it's hard sometimes because there are so many little chunks of meat that are here that are, that are worthy of our consideration. But time being what it, what it is, you know, I, I, I try to just pull the biggest, the meatiest, you know, portion out of here. And I think, uh, to me, there is this, uh, this, this beautiful accounting that Paul is doing here at the end to just kind of remind them with one last opportunity that even the guys who are there in Galatia trying to promote a lesser, a false, a, um, uh, what would the word be like a, um, a distorted, a skewed or a, a marred version of what it means to follow God. They're not really doing it themselves. The, the, the ones who are, who are coming at us with a, high legalistic holy standard of um you know legalistic living it's like you know you can't do your laundry on sundays they tend to be the ones that are doing their laundry on sundays you know um and and really the way in which they they gain confidence in their propositions is by getting new people to believe in it. they they need the validation of people believing even in their error to keep fueling their error and uh and that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying that, that really they're, they know that if they were to just go all in with following Jesus and trusting in, you know, the law again is beautiful and what it, and what it points us to, but it is the cross. It's the death of Jesus. It's the blood, the gory death of Jesus on the cross on our behalf that justifies us, that makes us right with God. I mean, imagine having to stand before God and account for your life on your own merit versus having Jesus uh, die for us, to, to pay the price for us. And if these guys would just just rally around the cross, then they'd be persecuted for it, and just as Paul had been persecuted for it. So Paul says, look, I'm going to boast in one thing, and that's only in the cross, and he says this beautiful thing. This is the third time he's returned to this idea. Remember in Galatians 2, he said that he'd been crucified with Christ. This is something that, that, that by surrendering to Jesus, that, this, that he had been crucified, that, that brought him into death to the old self, and the new man had risen up, the new creation had risen up. 
And then in Galatians 5, he says that, that he had crucified the flesh. He took these fleshly desires and he nailed them to the cross. And now here in Galatians 6, what he's saying is that the world has been crucified to me. In other words, he's saying that, that, that he and the world is dead to him. That he no longer needs to have um, the world. He, he no longer has to make a good showing in the flesh. He no longer has to prove himself to you or to me or to anybody to be accepted. Because uh, the only thing that counts to him not circumcision or uncircumcision, is but he's been crucified with Christ. He no longer lives, but he's a new creation. And uh, there is, uh, again, something extraordinary about his boast. I mean, this is Paul's boast when he goes into uh, Corinth and says, you know, when I was with you, I, I you know, I, I preached one message. I got rid of everything else. I didn't try to come with wise and persuasive words. We talked about that earlier. I'm not trying to convince you of a new, a new thing. I'm just trying to preach one message that all that God wants to pour into you is poured into you through the offering of the great high priest, the one who makes uh, offering for us once and for all and sits down at the right hand of God and is able to perfectly intercede and perfectly mediate, you know, stand between us and God to make sure that our, that we boast in nothing but what he's done for us. Um, and so again, like he says, neither circumcision counts or uncircumcision, but it's a new creation. So it doesn't really matter. He's saying it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, it's, it's whether you have accepted Jesus. And I, I just want to say to you today, no matter where you are, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your spiritual upbringing is. It doesn't matter how educated or uneducated you are in the, in the Bible. Uh, it doesn't matter if you know it as well as a pastor. It doesn't, none of that matters. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter how bad your life and your past was or how good it was. It doesn't matter how, um, you know, what your condition is right now, how, how, how wealthy you are, how well you are, none of that matters. It doesn't matter how great your marriage is or whether you're married. It doesn't matter how great your parents are or whether you have children. It, it only matters what have you done with Jesus? What have you done with Jesus? He lived for you and he died for you. And he was crucified his blood was shed, that you would be made right with God. That there was that moment where he was suspended in time and all time passes before him and he sees your life and he sees my life and he peers out from that place and looks at us and says, you know, will you truly accept me? Will you be crucified and die to self and be born again? Will you bring your fleshly desires and nail them here? And will you allow the world to be crucified to you so that you and the world would become enemies and you no longer need anything this world has to offer? Even if it gives you everything, you can steward it all wisely because you need nothing that it has to offer. And he says that if you'll walk by this rule, the word that he uses for rule there means it's like a plumb line. If you'll live by this standard, then peace and mercy be upon you. That's my prayer. Jesus, would you, by your grace, help us, each and every one of us, to live by this plumb line, this standard, to walk by this rule. We won't boast 
in the flesh, that we won't even care about a good showing in this world, but that we would see the world crucified to us and us to the world, that we might have your peace and your mercy upon us. Oh, Lord, let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. And Maranatha.